course it's happening inside of your head, Harry, but why on earth should that mean it's not real? I am a multidimensional fractal of consciousness, currently expressing as a human being in the most authentic way that we can imagine. Welcome to Mental Magic. Hi loves, this is Chris, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about something that I am absolutely obsessed with, and that's channeling. So I'm going to take you on a little journey and explain to you how and why I am currently stepping into the deeper waters with this identity as a channel. So what do I mean when I say channeling? For me... I think the best way to explain it is to give you the story that I've built around it. So when I survived my attempt and I came back and I and as I was coming back, I felt like there was this collective of energy surrounding me, watching me descend back into my body. Well, that collective of energy, and I think I mentioned it or alluded to it on my last episode, but that collective of energy has not left me since that moment. It was as though I was gaining access to a new aspect of my consciousness or a new wing inside of my internal dwelling place. And inside of this new wing was an entire collective of mystics and guides and teachers and ancestors and data Uh, information that was accessible to me. And so since then, I've been learning how to discern the internal voices that I listen to. So in order for me to gain access to the collective who I call my inner guidance team for a lack of a better word because like I know there are plenty of channels who are channeling specific entities or beings. I don't personally resonate with the idea of labeling any of the energies that are coming through me just because it's all so connected to consciousness. And it's just different streams of consciousness. It feels like, um, it's almost like a radio station where essentially there are an infinite number of channels or streams of consciousness that we can tap into at any given moment. But it, in order to be able to receive and hear the messages from any of the channels in order to fine tune and get to some of the channels, you have to be in a certain frequency to be able to perceive those messages. And so I had to go on this intensive trauma healing, trauma clearing journey, which is what I did for a large part in 2019 and 2020. And then, you know, that journey continues until God knows when. But in doing the trauma clearing work, it felt as though when I gained this awareness that in order to hear this team, this guidance team, and the guidance team that I was listening to, the collective that I gained access to, they are literally my inner hype people. They are the voices that I listen to inside of me that are constantly giving me tips and tricks and spells to um, stoke that internal fire inside of me, keeping me alive. And that internal fire, I mean... I've heard it called the violet flame or the eternal flame. And I believe that there is this flame that resides at the core of your essence, at the core of your soul. And your inner hype team, your inner guidance team, the voices inside of your consciousness, inside of your head, your mind, your spirit that are speaking with you and to you and through you to help you stay anchored to earth, to help you stay alive, to help you want to be here and to want to be here now and to want to be present in the now moment as a conscious 
alive human being, that energy is the energy that I gained access to when I woke up from my attempt. And that team has never left me. And I have been channeling their messages. And honestly, and if I'm being completely honest, I channeled their messages because I needed their messages in order to stay alive. Because one thing that I don't hear talked about a lot with suicide survivors or people who have had near-death experiences is once and if you've had the experience of remembering and knowing what it feels like to be disembodied, there's no feeling like it that I have ever really been able to register uh, while living embodied on earth. Like the feeling of being disembodied is, is what I would call that bliss, ecstasy, just pure and utter freedom from any kind of attachment. And it's this understanding. Your consciousness opens up in a way where everything falls away. And so once I made the decision to leave that space and come back to earth and continue playing as this character that I'm playing right now, I had, there was an adjustment period. Because first of all, when I re-embodied, when I re-entered my physical form, I mean, I mentioned in the last episode, my external reality was bleak, but also my body was heavy and not just in a physical way where, I mean, I was like heavier than I am now, but also my energetic field was like calloused over with trauma, with wounding, with, with pain that had been unaddressed, with deep, deep shadows and heavy programming that was keeping me locked in survival mode, that was keeping me locked in this place of feeling as though I was living in a dangerous world. Like, I had to learn how to reintegrate into my human suit and also I needed to do it and I wanted to do it in a way so that I never again had a desire to end my own life. And the pathway that I was offered to heal and to release a lot of the density and to clear out my energetic field of the just attachment to suffering and this idea that I was this victim in life and that everything was happening to me and I just couldn't catch a break and just all of these programs that were keeping me small and that were keeping me controlled and contained and limited. There was so much internal work that needed to be done and I needed guidance. And what better guidance can you receive than from the energy that you were essentially hanging out with when you were disembodied. So in order to maintain my relationship and maintain the connection with the disembodied energies, and again, the disembodied energies is like my ancestors that have passed on. Um, and then of course, you know, I... I guess this is a moment where I can just cop to all of the ways that I've been a channel my entire life and I've just been using different different labels to disguise my identity as a channel. But when I was a kid, I had imaginary friends that I was in active relationship with probably all through elementary school and even into junior high a bit, I would either project their consciousness onto my dolls and then I'd be having full-on conversation with my dolls and stuffed animals, or I would just full-on have, be having the conversation with my imaginary friends just in my room. The thing is, is I spent a fair amount of time alone as a kid, but I never felt alone. I always had the knowledge of my imaginary friends with me. And I believe that those friends are the same guides that I am 
connected to now, but it was just a different relationship back then because I was a kid and I was just like, you know, it's called your imagination and you were just very, you know, creative and whatever. So nobody really paid attention to it. And I never really thought anything of it. I thought everybody did it. I thought everybody had like energy or beings that they talked to just and that they could hear their response. And this is, I'm starting to feel a little like, whew, but, um, when I say I can hear the response of my guides or of these, the energy of my imaginary friends, what it feels like is hearing the voice of energy that I'm not identified with or identified as. So, like currently, in doing all of this energy work to become so familiar with what my energetic signature feels like, I now have the ability to discern when energy enters my field, whether it's embodied energy or disembodied energy. I can tell when something enters my space, enters my field, and I can discern when it's not connected to my energy. And that's how I can make the decision of whether I'm going to lend my attention to that energy or not. So it's whatever you pay attention to is the voice that you're going to listen to from inside of yourself as well as the voice that you're going to listen to outside of yourself. Everyone is always channeling. It is not something that is really talked about outside of creative communities or outside of spiritual communities. When I was uh, an active confessing Christian, like, I mean, I've said it already, like, I believe that I was married to Jesus and I would talk to Jesus and it's called prayer in Christianity, but I would talk to Jesus. I would talk to God all of the time. And I would hear responses back from inside of me. I would be able to receive the love of God. I would be able to receive answers to my prayers through synchronicities. But in the Christian world, you call a synchronicity an answer from God or a miracle or a sign given to you from God. And in the awakening community, a synchronicity is when you are experiencing something that you've been working on inside of yourself, messages that you've received from your internal guides, and then you see something in your external world that is a callback to something that you've been doing with your inner system. And I mean, really at this point, I would define a synchronicity as external evidence of an internal experience, just because I think it is a beautiful way for us to be able to receive validation from inside out and validation that we are living the lives that we want to live in a lot of different respects. We're living the lives that we're creating in a lot of different ways, but we're waking up to realize that we have the ability to live consciously and we have the ability to actually come alive and be alive inside of ourselves. There is a life before death and there's also life after death inside of you. I mean, what what if the Bible and the sacred texts and the poetry of the mystics, what if they were speaking from an internal place? What if they were speaking about internal experiences and internal energies that were impacting the perception of their external reality? When I began to read the Bible and sacred texts and poetry from the mystics, when I began to truly identify how humans and archetypes have been classifying and relating to the sacred and the divine through the course of history, when I hear about those divine stories of the collective history, if you will, of, con of human consciousness, 
and I'm able to process that information through the lens of it coming from internal guidance or when I can see it coming from an internal space, it not only changes the entire understanding of the writings and understanding of the texts, but it also changed the way that I interrelated and engaged with my own internal system because I was able to wake up and realize that humanity has been channeling energies from inside of themselves since the dawn of time, since we have been able to recognize that we have consciousness and we have an ability to create, we have an ability to express ourselves, we have an ability to form languages and create societies and communities and have stories about our bloodline, about our friend group, about our lovers. Like we create all of these stories and narratives and we weave it all together in a beautiful tapestry that becomes the essence of our lifetime. But there's also an imprint that each one of us leaves with the unique stream of consciousness that we are, we all have the ability to leave an impact, leave an imprint in the timeline, in the span of eternity. And so whether you believe you're here to make some kind of cosmic cataclysmic impact on history, whether you want to become the next Jesus figure or have humans or whatever we evolve into, have them remember you as an individuated consciousness. That's cool. I mean, do you do like have fun with that? But there's also the profound impact that we could have on our neighbor, that we could have on our parents, that we could have on our family members. There's an impact that we can have on our friends and even on strangers. Each one of us has the ability to change the trajectory of life, to alter how life is experienced through us and how we engage with life from an external place. We all have the ability and It's well documented, scientifically proven, the tests are in. Like We are social beings. We are social creatures. We need engagement and relationship in order to function as conscious beings who who can be and who can live with the awareness of the presence of other beings around us. We can live consciously and and what it looks like in our current age is to be um, more aware of the impact we have not only on ourselves, but the impact we have on our community, the impact that we have on the earth. Like we are waking up to realize that there is a bigger story that is playing out and that we are actually a part of. We are all, whether we are famous or unknown, we're all doing something while we're here. Whether you are living your life in alignment with who you believe you are, or whether you're living your life for your parents, for their love, for their approval, whether you're living your life to receive validation from your external world, no matter the reason or the purpose that you have identified for your existence, you're still here doing something. Even if you call yourself doing nothing, you are still having an impact. If there's one thing that I learned through my friendships with so many beautiful souls who struggle with depression and struggle with mental divergence and 
who have been battling inside of themselves, as well as in all of my different experiences in life where I have come across other people who are struggling in very similar ways. And I believe I attract people who have had experiences with their internal darkness because that is who I am. I am someone who has had many years of experience with internal darkness. And so in being in this community of stunningly beautiful beings who live with the burden and the shame and the guilt and the weight of feeling as though we are wrong, as though we are bad or evil or on the wrong path in life or unchosen, rejected, all of the ways that we keep ourselves anchored in hell, as we previously mentioned, when I speak with these people, I realize that there is this underlying fear that we don't matter. There's this fear that if we were gone, no one would notice, no one would care. There's this deeply implanted seed that nothing matters and that because nothing matters, we don't matter either. And trust me, I get it. (laughs) I get it. And I understand why that way of believing is so enticing. I also know that Like living in that room inside of my internal dwelling place, inside of the room that just basically says nothing matters. So why, why care? Why do any, you know, that whole thing? It's a very dense loop and it kind of keeps you locked in this internal repetitive life. You're not really able to experience life. Like you're, you're locked for me, like I was locked in this internal cage, this internal prison. The door was unlocked. I at any point could have left this internal hellscape, but I was anchoring myself there based on beliefs around my worthiness and beliefs around my um, lovability. And so When I gained access to the lighter, if you will, lighter aspects of my internal consciousness, and I received guidance from an internal team that was reminding me that, and well, sure, that nihilistic room is still activated inside of me. I'm still very conscious of the fact that like, we are here, but for a brief moment in time, like we are missed, like our lives, this lifetime that you're living right now, whether you're here until you're a hundred or you're here until you're 30 years old, like however long you're here is such sand on the beach. And so while, yes, we can place great importance on our existence right now, we can also hold the paradox of the fact that we are literally human. We are literally this current human being. You are literally this current human being for the blink of an eye. So why not enjoy it as much as you can? Why not cultivate joy? Why not cultivate love? Why not live? If I am going to be alive for another however many years I'm going to be alive, I don't want to hate myself for another second of my life. And gaining access to the lighter aspects of my consciousness, to the rooms that hold collectives that are like, my ride or die cheerleading squad, they are basically the ones that provide the internal validation that remind me like, you're only here for like two fucking seconds. Like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, you can do whatever you want. You can sit here and hate yourself if you fucking want to. It's your prerogative. You get to decide what you do inside of yourself. And we'll just wait. You know, there some of them, my ancestors, dude, like, they were like military grade. They were t- 
tough as nails. We have some extremely strong-willed energy in my bloodline. And so their messages kind of come out a little harsh with quite a few expletives, but... um, I live for it because like I was, you know, raised by that kind of energy. So I know how to receive it at this point to where I'm not offended. But like I don't ever mean to offend with like how I say things. It just kind of comes out of me sometimes and I like laugh when I say that because it's so wild to me that I have let down my guard enough to actually just let words come out of my mouth without filtering them first. Like I am so good at filtering myself. I've said it like I Bill, I am a master mask maker. I am a shape like I could teach a course on shape shifting and how to code switch and how to shift your energy to make other people comfortable with your existence. Like I could write the fucking book on that. And so now to be in a place where I'm like letting down some of those masks and taking away some of those filters and just showing up more as who I believe I am, especially in this podcast, like it is, I never in a million years thought that this would be where my life would lead. And I am so stoked for this aspect of my journey because it's like, this is this is what I love to do. I fucking love talking about consciousness and ways in which we can anchor ourselves in internal realities that actually make us excited about being alive, make us excited about living. So in 2019, when I was doing all of this extensive internal healing work with some beautiful therapists and energy workers, I was given the suggestion to begin automatic writing. I have always been someone who's kept a journal or a diary, but at this time I began to automatically write. And so what that looks like for me is literally at first, when I first started doing it, I would, you know, have this whole ritual around it. I would meditate. I would be, I would like raise my vibration to such a level. And I learned how to do this through doing meditation work with energy workers, as well as doing like shamanic journeying work in order to remember the lighter aspects of my soul, in order to remember remember what it felt like to be disembodied but it wasn't from a place of wanting to actually reside there permanently but it was more with the intention of anchoring that energy into my physical body so as i would put myself in this trance like state if you will i would have pen in hand and i would literally just let the pen fly across the page. Whatever came out is what came out. There was no filters. There was no anything. And when I would read back the writings that I would channel, essentially, I was blown away. Like It blew me away because A, I didn't know that this was possible. And B, the messages or the writings that came through me were really, really helpful for me. And they helped stoke that internal flame that gave me purpose. It gave my life meaning. I was so excited to be able to keep myself alive, you know, and to not have to rely on external voices to encourage me or to validate me around my own existence and my own worthiness. Like I've said, I have been a consumer of the self-help industry since uh, 2010, 2009. Like I have been plugged into that world for a very, very long time. And I realized that as long as I stayed in that world, I was going to be told that there was a way for me to get better, which always implies that you're still not better, like you're not okay, and this next course will get you that much closer to being whole and complete inside of yourself and finding your purpose and your meaning. Like, dude, literally, your purpose is inside, like you 
came to earth. You are on earth. You are anchored here by your purpose. It's already inside of you. You know what you came here to do. You know what your purpose is. No one can tell you what your purpose is because your purpose is the thing that brings you to life. Your purpose is the reason that you stay on earth. Your purpose is why you're here. And whether you have anchored yourself in your identity as a caregiver or as a parent or as a sister or a friend, or you've anchored yourself in your existence as some kind of professional or as an artist or as a first responder or as a poet, however you have anchored yourself to earth, however you identify and whatever you identify as you, all of that is building the purpose for your existence. But you are not required to accept the purpose of other people as your purpose if you don't want to. Some people find immense joy in being a mother. And some people find immense joy in being a pet owner. And some people find unspeakable gratification in the work that they do in the world. Like your purpose doesn't have to look like, feel like, sound like anybody else's because it's yours. <laughs> like literally it's 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 you. You are your purpose. You are here to do what you are here to do. So it's really the most hilarious paradox that we're I believe it's absolutely beautiful that the self-help community exists, that the new age community exists, that the religious, well, the non-toxic version of all of these communities. I am so grateful that all of these communities exist to help people to be some kind of guiding light. And I also have a desire for these communities to let people go. And to let people go on journeys inside of themselves to realize that all of the voices that they're hearing outside of them, every voice that you're resonating with outside of you is speaking from inside out. You have access to these voices inside of you as well. You resonate with external voices that are echoing what you are listening to inside of yourself. The channel that you're tuned into inside of yourself is the channel that you're tuned into in your external reality. We're seeing right now that we're all living in different realities. Some of us are still plugged into like the 3D news and watching what's going on and, and receiving the propaganda. And some of us are plugged into what's going Going on in social media, in the social media realms. And some of us are off the grid. And so we're plugged into a different reality in nature or in the communities that we're a part of. And some of us are just plugged in a, into a whole bunch of different realities. And it's just really confusing to keep it all straight. But the internal reality that you're living in, there are an infinite number of voices inside of you as well. And you are listening to internal voices all day. And the voice that speaks through you, the voice that I'm speaking in right now, is but one of those streams of consciousness. I am just following one of those streams of consciousness and allowing that energy to speak through me right now. That's all that channeling is. So everybody is a channel. We're usually channeling who we identify with and who we identify as. So we're very tied to the personality that we're expressing as. But once you realize that there are an infinite number of energies and identities and aspects of your internal consciousness, I mean, you can play loosely with your claimed identities. It's just not that deep and it's just not that serious. Because while, yes, the Christian aspect of myself and all of those Christian beliefs are still alive in that 
Christian cathedral is activated in my consciousness, so are so many other schools of thought around spirituality and around the nature of the classification of the unknown. So in gaining access to this knowledge that I could express or channel any energy that I desired to, whatever frequency that I wanted to channel, I could bring through my consciousness based on my own energetic field and based on my own intentions, I had to first learn how to develop self-trust and inner discernment because, of course, the main fear that people have anytime they hear about channeling and the fear that I genuinely had for a while was, well, what if I'm, I'm channeling something that I don't want, a demon, a denser energy or whatever? And the thing I had to remind myself, and it was actually funny for me, but like dark funny, because I realized that I channel demonic energy anytime I'm in depression. Like I'm listening to demons inside of me anytime I'm in depression. So I know what demons feel like, so I can tell. And also I know that I am gaining insight or advice or whatever that is from a higher aspect of my consciousness, from a finer or lighter aspect of my consciousness when the results of what they're telling me actually pans out, actually comes into fruition. Like the goal is for me, my intention is always set on channeling energies that are going to help in the evolution of my consciousness so that I can continue down the path of becoming a more loving, a more gracious, a more compassionate human being. Like I want to infuse humanity back into my cells. Like we've been dead for a long time. We have been dead in all of the limiting beliefs that has kept us feeling small, kept us feeling guilty, kept us feeling shameful about our own existence. And in order to infuse life back into my blood and into my cells, I have to encode a new belief system that is surrounded around my existence that is founded on the belief that I am love embodied. The internal flame that is keeping me alive is the source of love. The core foundation of who I am is love. And because I believe that and because I'm continuing to practice as someone who is actively believing in love, as love, by love and through love, I can see the impact that that new way of believing has had on not only my external reality, but on the internal reality that I exist inside of. I can see that I find reasons to laugh more every day. I find reasons to smile, to genuinely smile, to genuinely live in joy and gratitude and just marvel at the life that I get to live. Like even saying that I get to live my life, whereas before I would have said, I I have to live here. I'm here for however long. And it was just drudgery, you know? It was painful to say, like, I'm I'm here. I'm, you know, just alive. But (laughs) now, I mean, I'm not necessarily the most peppy person in the world, but I am generally pretty grateful to be here and generally pretty grateful to be alive. And I've also realized that the times that I come to life in ways that is most fun for me is when I get to connect with other people who are like resonating at the same vibration or in a similar vibration to me and we're like on the same bullshit. It's so, it it feels like electricity is moving between us and I love it. So just to be alive, to be able to experience connections with other souls like that, so fucking dope. So in order to practice inner discernment and to build inner self-trust, I did something that was so out of left fucking field for me. Like I decided to live by my intuition for an entire year. So what that looked like for me, because I and anyone who knew 
any previous version of me will know that I was such a meticulous planner. I planned out my entire life. By the time I was 10 years old, I knew how my life was going to go. And I tried my damnedest to make myself fit in all of the boxes that I thought I was supposed to fit in. And I did all of the things that I thought I was supposed to do. I, I, you know, got the education. I got the best grades that I could possibly get. Like I, my goal was to never be a straight A student. My goal was always to do the best that I can do. And it just happened that the best that I can do was A's until like later in college when I kind of got disillusioned by the education system, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> and then I went on to get the best internship and the best jobs. And I had the opportunity to literally fly around the world business class and first class and stay in all of these super duper fancy hotels and work for these amazing companies and work with amazing groups of people who opened my eyes to the vastness of the world that we're living in and the vastness of the uniqueness of human consciousness and the way that we can express ourselves, whether it's in our body language or in our actual verbal language and, and how we express and how we move and what kind of art we create. You know, when it comes to channeling, the artists, the writers, the musicians, the actors, especially my method actors, I live like you are allowing the muse to come through you. You are allowing the spirits to move you. Even in my childhood church, I went to a Southern Baptist church and that energy like there were times where the holy ghost would take over the body of one of the congregants and she it was usually a female energy she would literally allow the holy spirit to take over her body she would step up out of her seat and she would be dancing and screaming and crying and wailing and moving her body all the way down the aisle in the church. And whenever that would happen in an authentic way, the entire church would fill with this divine energy and it was a palpable electric current flying through the entire church as we viewed this beautiful energy allowing her body to be used by the Holy Ghost. So my childhood church experience, while, yeah, there was whatever other trauma that happened, whatever, but there was also these moments of being in the presence of seeing someone free themselves and allow another energy to move through them. It was like African spirituality wrapped in a Christian cloak. Those were sacred, magical moments. And so on some level, when I was a solely confessing Christian, and you know, when it comes to the Christian label, I don't necessarily identify as Christian anymore because I was raised to believe that if you're going to don the Christian label, it needs to be kind of a soul identity. It needs to be your top identity. And you're either Christian or you're something else. And I don't really live in a dualistic world inside of myself. It's like one huge paradox swirling inside of me. So I don't feel like I honor the Christian narrative on the external landscape. So I don't claim Christianity. But when I was someone who was solely identifying as a Christian, all I wanted was to be connected to the divine and to allow the divine to speak through me. And I had many a moment when I would have those magical moments, those sacred moments. I mean, when I was working out my faith around my sexuality, I didn't know if I would ever publicly say this, but... It wasn't until I got the okay from Jesus to come out of the closet that I that I did. I viscerally like I viscerally remember this. I was driving bawling on the freeway. Very, very dangerous. I don't suggest it, but that's what happened. Like I was bawling on the freeway, crying out to God, crying out to Jesus, like, what do I do? I feel like this is true, but I don't want to dishonor you. It was all it was 
heartbreaking. And it was also raining. And I was driving out to my parents' house. And in this moment just gives me chills every time I think about it. But as soon as I was approaching the exit of where my childhood home was, the rain had stopped. And when I got to the exit, I saw a rainbow. And it was in that moment that I was filled with this divine energy, this sacred energy that let me know, gave me the internal message that everything was going to be okay and that I could come out as whoever and as whatever I wanted to because I was still connected to the divine dance. I was There was no way for me to be separate from the dance of the divine. And then I went on that whole journey. And like, that was a really long tangent. And tangents for me happen because as I'm talking, I'm just following streams of consciousness and they sometimes get sidetracked. But bringing it back to center when I was talking about living in the year of following my own intuition, what that looked like for me was actually getting in touch with my body, getting in touch with my inner system, with my intuition, and asking myself, Anytime I was going to make any conscious decision about anything, I would simply ask myself, do I want to eat spaghetti or do I want to eat a sandwich? And allowing the first thing that comes to my mind to be the thing that I do. And as I continue to do this with every decision that I consciously could make, I quickly learned that my body, that the inner guidance that I was receiving from inside, whatever my intuition was managed by, was actually honoring who I thought I was. Like I was making decisions that were in alignment with who I wanted to be. Like I was making good decisions for my future self. And so that was a beautiful lesson that I learned. And I did it for an entire year where it got to such a point where I could viscerally feel my left hand tingle and I would know that the answer to whatever question I asked was no. And if my right hand tingled, then my answer was yes. And I lived that way. (laughs) And I I still do live that way sometimes when I remember that my body kind of knows. Body keeps the score, right? Our body knows what we need. Our body knows what we want. Our subconscious is always listening and can respond to us if we ask. Ask and you shall receive. And so I learned how to listen to my body. So I learned what my internal energetic system felt like, sounded like, what it what it moved like through the flow of my day. And then it became even easier for me to pick up when my inner guidance team was speaking or when I was receiving a message or a download or whatever you want to call it from consciousness that I wasn't identified as or identified with. And so I started my channeling practice by automatic writing, but eventually I got to a point where I couldn't write fast enough to keep up with the messages. And so I started audibly recording the channelings. And in order to audibly record the channelings, I just had to allow myself to be as open and allow my energetic system to be as clear as possible so that I could be at the frequency where I could receive the energy of the inner guidance team, or I could receive the energy of those higher vibrational voices or those finer density voices inside of me, the ones that were cheering me on, helping me, guiding me to continue to spark and stoke the internal flame that was anchoring me to my existence as a human being. In all of these ways that our internal system is speaking to us through the voices of external people and also through our own minds and our own hearts, it is giving us access to the aspect of us that wants us to stay alive, that wants us to play at ease from inside of the house, to find those aspects of our internal world that want us around, that celebrate us, that support us, that encourage us, that love us unconditionally. And it can be really hard to learn how to believe these internal voices that are celebrating you when you aren't used to receiving that energy from outside of you. 
but there is. I I can say this now because I have met enough of, of these type of people on earth. Like there are people on earth who know how to celebrate you, who know how to love you in a way that you want to be loved, who know how to see you and who know how to help you see yourself and trust yourself and love yourself. Just know that your inner guidance team and the people that you surround yourself who are speaking into you, whether they're speaking life into you or speaking death and destruction into you, those energies, those voices are anchoring you into the internal reality that you're living in. They're anchoring you to earth. They're anchoring you in hell. They're anchoring you in whatever vibration that they carry. Therefore, it is on us to build the inner trust and the discernment to listen to the voices that are in alignment with who we want to be and with who we want to become, who we see ourselves becoming. As I always say, you get to choose who you listen to, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Trust that your internal violet flame is being tended to by the inner team that has been tasked and charged with keeping you alive. And so in Mental Magic, I really want to talk about how we continue to allow the sacred and the divine and the essence of our internal violet flames. How do we allow that energy to speak to us from inside of ourselves? How do we allow ourselves to be still enough to hear the still quiet voice that is rising and that is now being invited to take center stage as the internal guidance team to lead you on the path to live a more interesting life or a more fun life or a life that is just more aligned with the life that you want to live. Your inner guidance team is always speaking to you from outside of you through those you resonate with and from inside of you. Again, I'll say, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Remember that you get to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe and that you have the ability to learn how to trust yourself. Remember and know that there is nothing on this earth that matters if you don't believe that you matter. Because when you don't want to be alive, everything about life starts reeking of death. We are here as a collective. We exist as humanity. And we get to decide what happens next in our story. Set your intention, point your attention in the direction that you want to go and live freely. As always, a huge thank you to Chris Sanchez for the amazing work that you do. And if you want to continue this conversation, please follow me on Instagram at Mental Magic Podcast. And there's a period between each word. And as always, just remember that we're all here for each other. We couldn't do any of this without all of us. So keep going. I love you.